Are you ready to take your cybersecurity skills to new heights? Look no further than Cybrary, the best way to learn cybersecurity skills online. With an accessible and affordable training platform, curated career paths, threat informed training, and certification preparation, Cybrary has everything you need to succeed. Visit cybrary.it today. Start for free and unlock your potential. Elevate your cybersecurity journey with Cybrary. Enjoy the podcast and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cybrary podcast. I'm Sarah Faraji, a course manager here at Cybrary, joined by Jen Barnaby, also a course manager here at Cybrary. And we are kicking off National Cybersecurity Awareness Month with this exciting podcast to discuss Jen's new course. And on it's on the Certified in Cyber exam from ISC Squared, which we're super excited about. And uh, the course is so comprehensive and incredible. Uh, so I would love to get started. So let's just talk about, uh, go back a bit, even before we start talking about the exam and the course, just learn a little bit more about you. What I think is interesting about the both of us is we don't come from a cybersecurity background. We come from very diverse backgrounds. Uh, myself, I have a doctorate in English. So coming to a cybersecurity education platform at Cyber, not uh, the most logical pivot, some might say. <laughs> and Jen, tell us a bit about your background as well. Yeah, thanks, Sarah. Yeah, it's great to be here on the podcast with you again. And, um, and you know, I love working with you as a course manager here at Cybrary. And yeah, it's really kind of, it was a weird career turn for me to come here as well. And I've got a varied background. I started out in the U.S. Air Force. Um, I was a Russian linguist of all things there for many years. And then um, after I got out of the military, I worked for a risk management company where we did sort of open source intelligence in in risk management, so not so much the way that you think about it in cybersecurity. Um, and from there, I kind of moved into technical writing because I did a lot of report writing and intelligence writing and things like that in my background, and then just took that writing into sort of a a tech-adjacent way of doing um, technical writing and working with software developers and that type of thing. And then I moved into product management and product ownership. So still working with software developers and, you know, seeing how software is built and used and kind of writing about how, how to use it and doing kind of training courses around that. So that kind of got me into training. And when I saw the opportunity here at Cybrary, I was really interested in getting into it just because I realized, you know, sort of we're all in this digital world, you know, cybersecurity is really everywhere and everything that we do, even though we aren't thinking about it. And um, yeah, it was just, it seemed like a natural fit, even though it kind of, you know, stepping back and looking at it, it seems kind of like, well, that's weird. Why did she go into that? <laughs> so yeah, I really um, have enjoyed being here and in our job, as you know, we get to work with some really super smart people, um, instructors who put our courses together, and we help them with that. And, um, you know, what we how we benefit from that is really getting to hear these really intelligent people, you know, explain different aspects of cybersecurity for people at all different, different levels. 
And certainly some of it goes over my head. I don't know about you, but, you know, some of it, after you hear it so many times, it becomes kind of second nature. And so, yeah, it's been, it's really been a great experience. And now I feel like, you know, I'm still not an expert in the, in the field, but I just know so much from being in this space um, all this time. Wow. So we went all the way back, military, Russian linguist, um, and then coming into writing, technical writing, project management. And then this role, you know, at Cyber is so interesting with instructional design, other things. And tell us about also your education uh, background um, in terms of how, you know, again, with all of that experience, I'm interested in how, you know, your experience and your education and how you pursued them either jointly or uh, how that kind of fit in as well into your career development. Yeah, cool. So I am, um, you know, I got my bachelor's a long time ago. I'm not um, a spring chicken or anything, but I um, I got my bachelor's a long time ago when I was in the Air Force, used the GI Bill and everything and kind of combined my Russian training with um, just a bachelor's degree in soci- social sciences, but with a minor in Russian um, and didn't really pursue a graduate degree back then just because I really didn't know what I wanted to do um, at the time. And then after kind of the progression that I described earlier, um, realized that instructional design was really, really interesting to me and just kind of thinking about the science behind learning and um, particularly adult learners and, you know, how they come, come, you know, approach learning because when you're younger and you're in school and stuff like that, you know, you're obviously, some people love to go to school, some people don't, um, but, you know, basically you're there because you have to be. But when you're an adult, you're seeking out knowledge, you're, you know, studying because you want to learn and you're kind of coming at it with that kind of an approach. And it really is just so interesting to think about how to, um, cater to that when you're putting together courses. And here at Cyber, you know, that's what we're thinking about all the time is how can we take these complex concepts and deliver them to people in a way that, you know, adults who really want to apply what they're learning right away, they want to get their hands on, they want to make sure that they know they're they're learning what they need to um, and get that feedback and sort of that validation um, because they want to go out and apply it on their, you know, on the job. And so it makes it very immediate, very real, um, very urgent kind of in a way. Um, and that's what's really exciting about being in this role and working, you know, here at Cyberary and doing instructional design in, in general. So, yeah. Yeah, that's really, I love how you broke down the interests and goals of the adult learner. You know, having been one as well as myself, I come from an academic background and I'm teaching students at the University of Maryland, go Terps in the university (laughs) setting. And, you know, it's fascinating thinking about their mindset, uh, being younger and thinking about how they want to consider a potential career. They might not know what it is yet. And they're trying to develop certain skills in writing where I teach English. And then uh, yourself, Jen, also, you know, being in this space where we're working with adult learners, seeing how they might already be in their career or they have a specific career in mind and they are taking certain courses online, self-paced to get a certification or to get certain skills-based prep. And I find that you know, the mindset and the way that you teach and explain material to these particular audiences, whether in person, online, adult, or undergraduate, younger uh, learner, I think that all of that is 
really compelling to think about and how the whole and the instructional design feel that you've been uh, in thinking about, you know, why do we learn? How do we learn? Uh, what are the best? It's a psychology, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've, uh, if you, when you are working with instructors and trying to think about how uh, do we best present this technical material so it doesn't go over people's heads or it isn't boring to mm-hmm. read yeah. or to listen to. Uh, do you have any strategies or thoughts on kind of, you know, how do you uh, work with instructors and uh, what are some best practices for kind of teaching to adult learners? Yeah, yeah. And I, I forgot to really answer part of your last question, and that is that I'm pursuing a master's degree now. I'm just about to finish it up in learning design and technology um, because I kind of realized this was something I was so interested in. And, um, you know, again, to reinforce, hey, you can always go back to school. Um, so anybody, anybody who's out there that's, you know, maybe not so young, uh, but thinking about it, you know, definitely you can learn on Cyberary, you can go back to college. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that we have been trying to apply and, and help our instructors kind of see, because they're coming from, they're all practitioners, they've done this stuff on the job, and just because they know their topics really, really well doesn't mean they necessarily are a natural you know, naturals at explaining it to someone else. So in a way, I think you and I bring that um, outsider view, and we can kind of say, okay, I know I'm not a cybersecurity expert, but I think you could break this down a little bit more or something. And I think, but I think the other thing that we try to do is we try to, um, you know, suggest that, you know, you to include stories, to include real examples from, you know, real life, to um, try to use analogies, to try and kind of break things down so people can really relate to what they're learning um, and make it interesting. And because these are practitioners, they have those stories. They have those really interesting problems they've had to solve. Um, you know, they can kind of bring in those things that they they learned the hard way, you know, and when they tell those stories, I think it really sticks with learners and um, people are like, oh yeah, I remember that, you know, this instructor said this or that. And, and, you know, from working with Kelly Handerhan, who's one of, you know, our favorite instructors on the platform, um, that's one of the great things that she brings to her courses is just telling things in a way that's just really down to earth and kind of using funny examples, really, um, that people are going to remember. And that's always really stuck with me since I started here was, you know, when you're kind of teaching something that may be a little dry or, or, you know, maybe really kind of complex, it's really good if you can break it down and tie it to things that people can relate to. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Kelly Handerhan will never forget the curb roasting, uh, um, carousel carnival, as well as uh, pizza as a service. Think of Kelly as a service when you're thinking about, um, you know, sauce, pasta, all of those things that clouds are. It's always, uh, you know, really compelling. And you remember, I remember there's an instructor I worked with, uh, Clint Kerr. We were doing our OWASP series, mm-hmm. and he had this example. It was, he always loved to include real world examples and scenarios and Mm -hmm. ripped from the headlines types of things to uh, relate this information about a particular vulnerability, a web application vulnerability. And there was one that I will never forget thinking about how threat actors can potentially hack into uh, air airplane Wi-Fi mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's called an IDOR vulnerability. And I remember the images and the graphics and the way that he described it. You know, imagine that you're on a plane and then, you know, all of these things happening. And it does really stick with you. And like you said, even someone, again, I'm not um, of a 
particular cybersecurity background, but I, I, it's great to learn some of these things and see about how to apply it. And that's why I think some of these uh, courses are really valuable, even if you're not doing the pen testing or something. These stories and such, they not only help people be able to apply that and all and think about it in the real world, but even if you want a different type of job role in management or uh, compliance and you need to understand these concepts, you know, there's a space for everyone in cybersecurity. Let's yeah. see yourself in cyber is kind of the theme of this month, yeah. uh, National Cybersecurity Awareness. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's great. I mean, that's one of the things also that we've had the benefit of working here is just realizing that there are so many different avenues you can go down. You know, you can go into cyber threat intelligence. You can do, um, you know, auditing and compliance and governance and stuff like that. Or, you know, you can do the red teaming and the blue teaming, but there's just different parts of it that you can do too. And um, forensics, you know, you there's different um, things that you can get into and find something that you really thrive, you know, as you learn. And um, I think that's been really interesting, you know, that I, something I didn't know before I came here. Absolutely. I know that we've learned it, you know, with our partnership uh, with MITRE Ingenuity. We, you, you've done some podcasts that were excellent where you talked to so many people of different backgrounds and seeing how they saw themselves in cyber and how they uh, found a way in. And we really think about how cybersecurity, it's not just a technical um you know, a field. It's one where everybody at your organization or whatnot needs to have some cybersecurity awareness. I know that um, I think you um, have been taking one of our weekly challenges that was on phishing and mm -hmm. being able, you know, it would be great to think about the application of those at different organizations. We, we should all be able to understand social engineering and phishing. I know uh, some of you listening might have also maybe in your work training or things have some kind of modules or something that aren't training. I know at University of Maryland, we do. Uh, for example, there's yeah. uh, all kinds of videos and things that are explaining that. And so we really see kind of uh, the reach. There's so many uh, levels and interesting parts that we can uh, break down and understand together. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And I think that's, um, I love that theme this month, you know, see yourself in cyber. And, um, you know, another thing that I kind of bring from my background is um, I used to be an endurance athlete and I did triathlons. And uh, one of the things I loved about the triathlon sport was that um, people, it's, it's three sports, basically, you know, swimming, biking and running. And when you get together with other, other triathletes, they, everybody has a weak point. You know, everybody's like, oh, my swim is terrible or, you know, I'm not that good on the run or whatever. And it makes everyone kind of, it lowers the barrier to entry in a way because everybody can kind of come in and commiserate together and like learn things from each other. And I feel like cybersecurity is kind of that way too. I feel like it can be intimidating on the surface, but when you get into it, everybody wants to help everybody out. Everybody has the same goal of protecting the network and protecting the organization and stuff like that. And so it can be a really great community to be in. And, you know, of course, Cyberry has the Discord channel and the community there and everybody wants to help everybody out. We have great mentors. Um, so I think that's a really interesting way of, of seeing how you can you, you can get into it. You know, you just need to be curious. You need to be brave to try it out and not have sort of an imposter syndrome, you know, concern about it because everybody started somewhere and everybody didn't know everything immediately. They had to kind of learn as they went. And, um, you know, and then you just have to be curious, really, and ask questions. I love that. Be curious. I know that 
It is incredible to think about. I love the example you provided of the triathlon, thinking about, you know, you might feel like, oh, I don't see myself here or uh, I, I, I can't do this or something. But just being open-minded, I think you're correct, is such an important part of thinking about, you know, how you can... Uh, open your horizons and get into a field that you never expected. I know, for example, there's so many instructors that we work with here at Cybrary. Um, Raymond Evans, who's made a lot of our CBE series courses, he had a theater background largely. And mm-hmm. I think Matt Mullins, who's made quite a few of our threat actor campaigns, I think his background was in, what was it, Asian studies or history yeah. or something like the humanities. Mm-hmm. And then so, and there are people that we meet here at Cyberry too, uh, who come from all different types of backgrounds. And I love this kind of uh, hodgepodge of people from every way. Like, we're very inclusive and mm-hmm. accepting mm-hmm. in this world, which I find really valuable. And what I think some people might not realize, some people might think, oh, it's anyone who loves math and science and tech and all these, and they're the only ones that are in that field. And so I love seeing how, you know, being at Cyberry, for example, has really opened uh, doors uh, here. I know that you know, people come from again all different education. They they take a chance. They took a chance on me, someone with an only academic background coming into this kind of world. So I think that is rewarding. And you mentioned the Discord community, which is also incredible to see. Again, everyone. Uh, it's like a gamer community, almost, yeah. like, you know, for um, cyber and learning. And right. so I find that interesting. You use a tool that, you know, is typically for kind of gamer hangouts that, that is for learning and trying out weekly challenges and mm-hmm. all of these kinds of things. So, um, you know, just making learning fun and engaging and meeting new people, networking all right. through uh, largely online spaces. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that you brought up the gaming part of it, too, because I'm not a gamer, totally not a gamer, but just I can imagine how, you know, that type of a person who enjoys that type of thing, it's perfect because you're willing to try things. You want to try something and learn from it. And, you know, that's what learning is all about, that you're going to you're going to fail sometimes. And that's sometimes the best lessons you learn are when you fail. Um, And when you're playing a game, you feel free to try things without much harm, right? That you can just like do it again um, and try again. And that's a lot of what I think you learn with cybersecurity is, um, you, you know, you've got to ask questions. You got to see what other people have done. Find out what works for you. Um, but you know, be curious and be want, willing to try stuff. Um, so I think that's also kind of along the same lines. I love that mindset. I remember taking a theater class, and that was the kind of mantra: like, don't be afraid to fail. Think like you're in a video game. You know, in the video game, you know, if you fail, you just try again. It's not, um, you know, sometimes it can be frustrating, but at the same time, you just keep keep going and it's you know like low stakes it's a video game but i think you know when we fail in cybersecurity we we learn from it we adapt we grow at the same time and i think that that is really valuable to think about so i want to pivot a little bit to thinking more about the course manager uh, role again. And I know you've touched on it a little bit, but I'd love um, to for you to touch more on um, kind of uh, what have you learned from working with cybersecurity instructors, especially, uh, again, coming from, you know, you're not, uh, neither of us are specialists in certain fields of cybersecurity, like red team, blue team, things like that. But what are some things that you've learned that have really stood out uh, to you from uh, the experience of working with them? 
Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, there's various different themes and things that I've taken away from it. And, you know, I know we're going to talk about the um, entry-level cybersecurity training in a minute, but, um, you know, kind of going into that when I when I wanted to teach that course, um, you know, some things that we've heard over and over again that kind of come up in a lot of different courses, whether it's cloud security, we'll hear it, or, you know, the CISSP course that Kelly did and different things like that we hear about, the CIA triad, you know, confidentiality, integrity, and availability. Uh, we hear about, um, you know, the principle of least privilege. We hear about defense in depth. So there's these concepts that we've heard over and over again in different contexts, but all kind of talking about the same things. And um, it just really makes you see how important those ideas are. And also um, the other thing that I've learned is we have, we, we talk a lot about the red team versus the blue team and sort of like the defenders and the people that are exploiting systems and stuff like that. But, you know, when I first came here, I didn't realize how everybody's on the same team. You know, like everybody's really on the same team and the red teamers are really like, I think Matt Mullen said it best, you know, they're like the sparring partners for the blue teamers. They're the ones that are getting that prize fighter ready for the, the big, you know, fight or whatever. And, um, um, I've, you know, really come to appreciate that and and sort of see how, um, you know, those different aspects of cybersecurity have to work together. You can't get complacent. You can't um, let your guard down. You have to always have that red teamer who's thinking of different ways to get in and take advantage of things so that then your blue team can be ready to defend your your network. And, um, and there's always going to be new threats, you know. And another thing that um, we've learned, you know, like I never would read up on all different kinds of attacks that are happening and breaches and, you know, uh, ransomware, you know, cases and things like that. And now I do because it's just like, oh, I know about that. I know a little bit about that. I'm going to read about that. And um, and that's what's been great about working with our instructors as they'll bring in, you know, new CVEs, as you mentioned, you know, anything that pops up that's new and they'll discuss it and we'll kind of get an idea of, okay, this one's really a serious one, like the log4j vulnerability, you know, other things, maybe they are very niche and wouldn't really affect the broader, um, I keep hitting my microphone, um, the broader, you know, group of people that we might encounter, you know, with our learners. So we have to kind of be selective on the things that we cover in, you know, for um, our library learners. But, um, you know, I never would have known about any of that stuff before I came here. So it's been really, really great to learn that. And there's a lingo, you know, there's so much terminology and there's a lingo and things that you have to get past um, to sort of understand what everybody's talking about. What is a TTP? What is a, you know, um, you know, what is a compromise or indicator of compromise, things like that, um, that, you know, once, but once you kind of know that terminology and you can converse with your instructors about things like that, it's really, um, it's really pretty cool actually. And, um, I know that when you look at our catalog, uh, it seems like people really want to come in and they want to take the penetration, you know, advanced penetration testing courses and things like that. And those are the really exciting uh, things. And I understand why that is, you know, like I think even blue teamers want to be know enough about what red teamers do so they can, you know, kind of know how to exploit things and stuff like that. But there's just so much else out there too, you know, um, to learn about. And so I think um, it's just been interesting to kind of explore all the different categories of information out there that pertain to cybersecurity. 
Yeah. And I know thinking about red team, blue team and such, you've also been working with uh, Miter on Genuine on purple teaming, uh, yeah. raising less and new courts. And, and you tell us about how that partnership, what working with them and then thinking about you know, the innovation of the purple teaming and also how it kind of relates to some things that we're doing here at Cyber with red team, blue team, that. Yeah, exactly. So they have a new course uh, for Purple Teaming, Purple Teaming Fundamentals that I worked with them on. Um, MITRE is great. They have MITRE Ingenuity has some excellent, excellent instructors, really know um, what they're doing. Um, and they just really live it. You know, whenever we we, we got together to um, do the videos for that course, um, those guys were so into it. Um, they could just talk about it all day long. And they really, you could just tell that they really wanted to convey um, the lessons learned that they've had, you know, that they, you know, that you can't go into a purple teaming operation, which is one where the red team and the blue team kind of plan together to test the defenses of the, of the network. Um, and so everybody kind of knows what's going to be tested in a way, like they need to be able to get, you know, really good at detecting a certain TTP tactics, technique, and procedure that an adversary might use. They, you know, might focus on something that's really a threat to that particular organization or something like that, or they know what they're adversaries are trying to do. Um, so they want to focus on that. Um, but it's all a collaboration. They talk about it ahead of time. Everybody kind of knows what to expect, but then how the blue team detects it, you know, is kind of up to the blue team, how the red team is going to exploit it or, or attack is up to them, but they kind of learn from each other in the whole process. And, you know, maybe in the purple teaming event, they um, go down one route to test a certain TTP and the red team might be like, okay, now I'm going to do something evasive and try to try it a different way and see how the blue team reacts. But then they help each other, you know. Um, and so it's really interesting to see how how they do that and um, to see how much effort they put into that kind of an operation, really, because um, I know from um, my military background, you know, we would do, we would have exercises and, you know, the military does that quite a bit and you, you have big exercises and you act like you're at war, you go through all of the, um, you know, different, um, activities that you would do. You, um, you have to act like, you know, you've got to cover your windows so nobody sees your lights at night and doesn't know there's a facility there and all different things. Um, and, a lot goes into something like that, you know, and there's a lot of downtime, you know, time that you're not doing your actual job, you're doing this exercise. And so I think the same thing is true with like a purple teaming event that, you know, these are people who are vital <laughs> to keep the organization safe, but they're taking the time out to do this purple team event so that they can get better at what they do. And I think that kind of speaks to how important it is. Yes. And I love, you know, you spoke to the idea of, you know, we're all one team. You know, there are all these different teams, red team, blue team, purple team, white team, all these things. But at the same time, everyone's working to help each other. And uh, the way that you improve your cybersecurity postures to keep trying, keep doing these types of exercises and events and learning from them, producing the lessons learned mm -hmm. and that, that light. So uh, I think that, and like you said, it's fascinating how through working with the instructors, it's a mutual 
education in some ways because you're teaching them instructional design uh, principles and how to make this type of activity engaging. At the same time, you're learning all this information about how these different teams work together and what their roles are, and you're able to communicate it uh, so well. Uh, so I feel like it, it's great being in like, the course manager role. I don't know if you want to speak more to that about you know the, the mutually uh, beneficial type of relationships that we foster. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it, it always helps um, a subject matter expert or, or an instructor to have that outsider there to kind of say, you know, I know what you're trying to convey, but it'd be better to maybe do it this way or something like that. Or, you know, just kind of um, come along and make suggestions, you know, about the best things to add to a course or whatever. Um, but really, our instructors are so great. I mean, they're really just the stars of the show, honestly. So we don't have too much to do all the time. But, you know, some some instructors, you know, they just come in and they're just naturals with everything. And like I said, some instructors are so um, such specialists in their field, but just maybe haven't done any teaching, you know? So I think, and that's where you help, I think a lot with a lot of the instructors is you have that academic background that you can really help them out. And, um, another thing that I love that you do is you just, you're like always looking for ways to take a, take something off of their, you know, the burden off of the instructor so they can really focus on the information they're trying to convey. So you're helping with getting images and, you know, providing, you know, helping with the slides, putting the slides together, all these different things. And then obviously with the production, you know, with the video production, giving a lot of tips on, you know, making sure it sounds good, making sure it looks good, all of those things that go into um, our courses that are kind of behind the scenes that learners probably don't realize are going on, you know, so that's really cool. Yeah, it's teamwork. Yeah, all of it. You know, really, um, you know, what what can I do? What can you do? How can we uh, meet in the middle and uh, support one another? It's a really supportive environment and relationship, which I appreciate. And I think, uh, like we said, we're both uh, learning in the process. And it's great to see the instructors growing in this kind yeah. of role because some of them are instructors. You know, some of them have a lot of training experience and, and they've taught in front of people at boot camps and the like, but some are just starting, they are wanting to broaden their career. They've been in technical roles and they've been hands-on keyboard and they're wanting to expand their skill sets and think about how do I start teaching and being an instructor and move into this kind of space a little bit. And so being able to work with them and help kind of train them while they teach us, it's a rewarding experience. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I want to kind of pivot now to talk about the exam uh, and the course that you have produced, which is fantastic. So we, how did you hear about the certified in cybersecurity exam from ISC Squared? Yeah, so, um, you know, here at Cyber, we have to kind of stay up to date on the different um, certifications that are out there. And, you know, I had already sort of subscribed to different um, ISACA, ISC Squared, you know, all these different organizations to kind of get their emails and learn about what they have coming out and when they're updating their exams and all this so that we can just be in the know and make sure that our 
um, curriculum and all of our courses and our catalog are up to date. And um, so I just happened to get one of the first emails from ISC Squared about this new certification. And at the time, they were calling it entry-level cybersecurity certification or something like that, um, ELCC, I think it was. And it was going to be um, just a pilot program. Um, they wanted to try out this new exam and provide, you know, what they're doing is they're providing a an entry-level certification that allows people with no experience and no, you know, um, cybersecurity degree or anything like that to come in and learn the basics of cybersecurity and then take this exam to show that they have that minimal level of knowledge, uh, which is a great starting point, I think, because if you wanted to go straight to something like CISSP or something like that, you're required to have five years of experience for that. So, you know, nobody wants to wait that long, really, to kind of prove what they know. And, um, and there are definitely other certifications you can go after, but the great thing about this one is you can, um, you know, just learn the basics and then sh have something to show for it. And um, eventually with the pilot, they decided to rename the certification and now it's called Certified in Cybersecurity. So that's the name now. Um, so anyway, when I heard about this coming out, the first thing I thought was, oh, well, Cyberary is going to need a course that covers this, <laughs> this certification because that was my main focus. Um, but then the other thing I was thinking was, well, I, I've been around here for a little while and I've heard a lot of this stuff that they say they're going to cover on the exam. Maybe I should think about taking it, you know, because I know a little bit now. Um, and so that was what I was thinking was, oh, I'll take this pilot exam and see what it's like. Um, and so I did that. What I did first though, is we didn't have a course for it yet. So I took ISC Squared's um, course. They had like a weekend almost like a boot camp for it. So it was like two days online, but it was, um, wasn't completely asynchronous. There was an instructor and a, you know, course, I mean, a class, sorry. Um, and so uh, that was really interesting. I really enjoyed that class and took that. And then I signed up for the exam. And as I said, it's a pilot, it was a pilot exam at the time. So what that means is the um, the organization is trying out the exam and they want to run it for a, amount, a you know, certain amount of time and see what the results are to kind of validate whether it's a good exam and everything before they kind of call it official. So now it's official. Um, but I, so it took a while to get my results. I actually didn't know until just like a couple of months ago, I think now that I passed. Uh, so that was really exciting. Um, but in the meantime, I, you know, I enjoyed it so much. I felt like the information was really, really good. And so I approached um, our boss to see if I could put together a course on, on what was, you know, basically the content of the, of the exam. And we call our course Entry-Level Cybersecurity Training. So that's the course on Cybrary. Um, but it does align pretty closely to the Certified in Cybersecurity exam. So if you want to prepare for that exam, you should check it out. Um, and it was so much fun to make it. Um, I still want to like make it even better, but it was fun to make uh, what I did put together. It's about a three-hour course, I want to say three to four hours and six modules. And what it does for you, if you're new to cybersecurity and you're thinking about getting into it and you don't know where to start and you don't have any experience or anything, it really just breaks down all the terminology and all the basic concepts for you. So we talk about the CIA triad. We talk about networking. We talk about some network models like the OSI model. We talk about a little bit at a high level, we talk about encryption and crypto 
photography, um, incident response, security operations, you know, all these basic concepts that you need to know in cybersecurity. And so it's not going to, you know, teach you how to be a red teamer. It's not going to, you know, get you, you know, right into a job necessarily, but it's going to give you a first step. And then when you move on to other things that are more complicated, you know, maybe on the cyber platform, maybe you're going to then go on to try and do the security plus certification or the network plus, or maybe you're going to try to get into cyber threat intelligence or something like that, like whatever interests you, you're already going to understand the lingo basically. And you're going to have heard some of these concepts again so that you will be like, oh yeah, I know what that is. Now let me learn the next thing, you know, now let me learn the more complicated stuff. So it kind of gets some of that stuff out of the way for you. And you're going to just have it ingrained in you by the time you get, you know, further along because you will have heard it enough times and things like that. So I really love it. It was fun to put together. I think people will get something out of it. Um, We um, here at Cyberry, a lot of people are taking the course, which is really exciting, especially this month for Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Um, People are taking it and I'm hearing, you know, great feedback from people. And I think it's great for like our customer experience people or anybody else who works with the Cyberry community because they're kind of studying some of the same topics that our learners are studying and things like that. I think that's really fun. Yeah, wonderful. And I think it's the perfect exam. You know, so many people we hear are thinking, I want to have a career shift. I want to think about cybersecurity, but I don't know where to start. And I think that this exam is a good way when you're preparing for it and you get all that terminology. Like Mm -hmm. you said, you're introduced to it and it's a way to actually get a certification with the entry level, knowing the basics, knowing who does what and what are all the different um, you know, different types of systems without getting into the technical, into the hands-on keyboard, things quite, and there's technical theory and kind of all of that. But at the same time, it's, you know, it, it's accessible mm-hmm. uh, to people. And I think that is really great. This is a, you know, when you get this certification, when you're preparing, you get a better sense of whether you'd like it. And then you can start getting the experience if you'd like. I mean, there are different ways to kind of explore and um, use this exam to prepare. So building upon that, I'm interested in, you know, we've talked a lot in the podcast about your kind of uh, managing the content in some ways, the course manager and working with the instructors. How was that shift for you from kind of being the manager of the um, instructor and the content and working with the instructor to actually being the content creator yourself? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really interesting. It was a little eye-opening, you know, because um, it's hard <laughs> to be the instructor. Um, and it gave me a lot more uh, empathy for, you know, the subject matter experts we work with and the people that are putting the content together because, um, you know, it's a lot to take on to try and make sure that you're covering all the information and to make sure that you're really highlighting the most important things and that you're putting it together in a creative way and, you know, you're keeping it interesting. And um, and then it's also just a little bit of a marathon, you know, kind of going back to my endurance and sport thing, you know, like you're, you've, you've got to get through all of the content, put it together in a timely manner. Um, you don't want people thinking, oh, she's never going to get this course done. <laughs> so, so I really appreciate that from that experience and just kind of knowing, um, what our instructors are up against. Cause, because I was still doing my regular part of my job for Cyberry and, um, you know, that you've got to juggle things. Everybody has a life, um, you know, they're out there and a lot of our instructors, they're doing this part time. Um, this is not their main gig. Um, so, you know, how do they 
fit that in and make sure that they do it kind of in a, in a timely way. And, um, and make sure that they're not leaving, you know, important things out and um, that they don't jump ahead and sort of talk about something they haven't covered yet, you know, and things like that. So it just made me appreciate that, the importance of planning, planning the course out um, and um, making sure that you're really hitting all the objectives of the course, making sure that, you know, you have some sort of knowledge checks in there so the learner can check that they're learning things and kind of make reinforce that, you know, the ideas that they need to walk away with. Um, I tried to be really conscious of what is in the exam, what the exam seems to cover, you know, like every, um, we'll talk about the exam, I'm sure in a minute, but you know, it's an ad adaptive exam. So obviously everybody's set up questions that they get on the exam is going to be slightly different. Um, but you want to make sure that you're, you know, you're con you've got your, the right concentration of information in the course and that you, you cover all of the really important things and you, um, make sure that you highlight, you know, the sort of the hangups, the, the gotchas, the things that you, you know, people get tripped up on. Um, so people know, you know, how to really, you know, like for multi-factor authentication is one that comes to mind. You know, you want to make sure that you really understand the different types of, um, the different factors, you know, like something, you know, something you are, something you have, um, and that you don't, you know, sort of mess that up and kind of confuse those and things like that. Just those types of things, um, you want to convey in that type of a course, but also I wanted to make it interesting for just like a salesperson who needs to know a little bit about cybersecurity or customer service people or things like that. I wanted to keep it engaging and make sure that it is something that's relatable. Um, and so I think that's also, so, you know, something that I appreciate now whenever I talk to our SMEs and our instructors is, you know, how to highlight that for them um, because they're so down into the content and, you know, just to kind of take a step back and look at it from fresh eyes and stuff like that. So, yeah. That was really a learning experience. Yes. You have to wear a lot of hats as a content creator, <laughs> yeah. as many content creators know. And it is incredible to think about how you were working with the instructors and learning uh, from their experiences and also uh, thinking about your own time management uh, for your own course and how to plan it. And also, I like that you are considering the audience, the intended audience, who would be taking it and how, you know, wh what do, kind of content do we choose to put in? It? Is it a video? Is it a written lesson? Do we, what kind of story can we tell? Can we uh, make uh, some kind of uh, mnemonic device? I'd love to hear, you know, what was your favorite kind of example uh, from the course or a way that you presented a certain material? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that's funny. Um, I tried to come up with some, you know, fun and interesting things. It's not always easy with some of the content, but um, I guess probably my, the fun, the fun one that comes to mind because somebody mentioned it to me the other day is uh, for the CIA triad. Um, you know, I kind of give a couple of different examples of how it comes up in our day-to-day -day lives when you're doing online shopping and different things like that. You want, you know, your information to stay confidential and protected. You want to make sure that things don't, you know, files don't get altered and data isn't altered. And, you know, you don't want anybody to log into your bank account and, you know, mess, mess with your funds and stuff like that. But also, um, you know, and then obviously availability, you want services and, and, and websites and things like that to be available. But I liked my um, bathroom analogy of, you know, just a way to remember the different parts of the CIA triad is that, you know, you want, 
everything in the bathroom to be confidential. <laughs> you don't want the door to be open or anything like that. And you want to make sure the plumbing works. So you want um, that to be intact and you want the integrity of the the plumbing to be there. And then of course you want the bathroom to be available to you when you need it. So um, somebody thought that that was really a good way to remember those three things. I hope that is helpful to people um, who take the course too. Absolutely. It's fantastic. I love the images and the way that you break things down. I think you started every video in the course with kind of uh, a scenario and, you know, how do we imagine this, a bigger picture type of thing. I remember plain imagery, all kinds of things. It's like, okay, now I understand um, what it is a little bit before I even dive into the content. I can kind of get a bigger picture. And I, I really appreciate that, the anecdotes and the stories as we've been talking about. And I'd love to hear, thinking of competitor analysis, um, you know, you said you took the boot camp and then the IC. Well, how is the training? How is that type of style of education and learning about the material for this exam different from your course? Yeah. So, um, I mean, this is kind of a good um, thing to bring up because I know, I mean, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but I know we're at Cyber, we're kind of talking about doing some more interactive things, um, maybe some live events, different things like that. And I did really enjoy the fact that the ISC squared training that I took was with a real instructor, um, people, you know, other classmates on the, you know, sort of the call. It was kind of like a Zoom call type of a, of a class. Um, and I think that that is really engaging and I'm glad that we're going to start doing, you know, more of that type of thing here at Cyberry. I think what's great about the Cyberry courses though, is you can do them at your own pace. You can, you know, fit something in on your lunch hour. You can do it for 10 minutes before you come into work, you know, or you go to work or start your work day, um, and things like that. So there's a place for both of those things. But I think that the sort of the community idea, the the idea that you have other people engaging in the conversation about what you're learning can really be helpful. And that's where I think like the Discord community can really come into play. So I'm excited about the idea that, you know, Cyberry is trying to move more and more to that where they want to integrate all of those things and have the capability of somebody else. You're in a course, you can connect with somebody else who's in the same course and go, hey, what did you think about this? Or do you have any ideas on how to remember the OSI model? Or, you know, what, yeah, I don't really understand what PKI is, you know, and things like that. Like, it's really um, another element to learning that I think we need to have more of. And I think it can be really helpful. And that was one, one aspect of that training that I really appreciated was just having people chime in and say, you know, at my organization, this came up and that's related to this thing that we're learning and just, you know, learning about other things that other people's experiences can just kind of help you uh, remember stuff and, um, and relate it to the real world in a way. So I think that's, that's one thing that I would say is really good. Yeah. I think that this is really good to think about, like you said, there are so many different ways that people like to learn. Mm -hmm. And we talked about it so many times, you know, uh, even going back to, I know that this model has been challenged and it's kind of fun, but you know, are you a visual learner? Are you, do you prefer uh, listening to things like on a playlist to absorb the information? Do you uh, like being, you know, in a, even in a virtual room, like actually being able to talk with someone, but yeah, I mean, also with the community, like you said, even with on-demand course where you can learn at your own pace, 
you can set and manage or schedule set your goals and then have all of the information with you all the time and uh, can always go back to it and brush up on certain things, bookmark parts that you didn't understand. But at the same time, uh, like you said, the Discord community, I mean, I know a lot of people love learning about cybersecurity. You know, they go to YouTube, they go to Reddit, they go to other places and try to share with Mm -hmm. people in Discord as well as a good place. So I think that, you know, it's really... Uh, important to, we're always thinking about, you know, how are people engaging and Mm -hmm. learning and how is that changing? You Mm -hmm. know, not even since uh, 2020, but before, how are people in this space uh, continuing to learn and grow in ways that kind of challenge the traditional models? So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And I think another thing that I would say for the listeners and, you know, anybody who's trying to get into cybersecurity is, um, I also, you know, like Googled a lot of stuff. Like I took the course, but then, I, you know, I wrote down notes and everything and then I would go back over it. And, and because I was thinking about maybe putting a course together too, I wanted to see, well, can I really explain this? Like, do I really understand this well enough to explain it to somebody else? And so I did a lot of Googling and finding things on the internet and stuff like that. And you have to be careful. Um, I found, and you'll probably find this too, you know, like you Google one thing and you find like three different descriptions of it and they kind of clash with each other and you have to be very you know, you have to use some critical thinking and kind of come up with, okay, out of these five different things I read, you know, three of them say this. So that's probably like more, you know, the right answer of what I'm looking for and stuff like that. So you have to be careful about those things. But I think going back to being curious, I think you really need to do that. And I think to really learn this stuff, you know, cybersecurity or, you know, really anything, but you have to want to internalize it, you know, and so what'll happen is you'll take whatever course, you you know, our course on Cyberary or, or anywhere, and then you'll still want to go read up on it. You'll want to go apply things. You'll want to go see how you can understand, like, if you read about a breach or some kind of a cybersecurity attack, you know, read up on it and, and try to understand it and think, okay, what kind of an attack is this? Do I understand what the adversary did in this situation? How did they get in? You know, what was the vulnerability and things like that? You have to be curious enough to try and figure those things out. And maybe you won't understand it all, um, but, you know, the more you do that, you're going to get, you're going to pick up more and more things. And some things are just going to become second nature. And I think that's part of what my experience was with this, was I was hearing a lot of things from our SMEs and working with people on courses. So I knew a little bit and then I studied a little bit more and then more of it became second nature. And then, you know, I knew enough to put this course together, but I still don't know everything. And I still see things in the news and stuff. And I'm like, I wonder how that worked and just trying to figure it out, you know? So I think you have to be willing to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I know we always say that in cybersecurity, it's a lifelong career in education in some ways because you're always learning. It's never like, okay, I've gotten my education and then I've moved on. Like now I'm ready to work. It's that you're always in the cybersecurity role. You're always, you know, looking up things and yeah, using that critical thinking. Don't just use one source. That is your source of truth. You have to kind of uh, keep exploring and uh, thinking about, you know, how do you assess 
you know, what, what is the best, what is the best way that this information is formatted or presented uh, in order for me to understand it. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's dynamic. It can be fun and all of these things. So I, I I like how you've described uh, this experience of kind of thinking of, you know, building this course and the challenges as well as the rewards and making it. And I'd love to hear more of your thoughts as well about, you know, for those who are wanting to prepare uh, for this exam, hmm. the uh, certified in cybersecurity exam from ISC Square, what what should uh, people expect when they take the exam as well as in the preparation? I know you've mentioned some ways that you prepare, but even on exam day, mm -hmm. if someone who's wanting to pursue this, maybe they've never taken a certification exam before, mm -hmm. what are some things to keep in mind? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, first of all, this particular exam is still only offered in person. So there are other certification exams out there that you can actually take online. Um, I think with the pandemic, they made that available, you know, that possible for people. Although I've heard it's also can be very stressful because they want to like have you scan your whole room with the camera and prove that you aren't cheating in any way and all kinds of, and somebody's like watching you the whole time you walk, you know, you take the exam. So I don't know which way I'd rather do it, but um, this one, you have to go in person to a Pearson View Center. Um, to take the exam. And um, it's a two-hour time limit for 100 questions, but it's adaptive, as I mentioned earlier. So what that means is when you take the exam, it's going to sort of adapt as you answer the questions. And it also means that you can't go back to any of the previous questions. So when you do answer them, you have to be confident and move on. Um, and so you've got to answer and move on. And, um, and just kind of keep track of how much time you're taking because you don't want to run out of time. Um, in my experience, which what was interesting is I wasn't really, hadn't done that type of thing before. And it seemed like the, the exam was over before I knew it. It was really weird. Like it was really fast. And when it was over, I was like, maybe I rushed through it <laughs> too much. Like I went too fast. Uh, so I think I was concerned about running out of time and then I didn't at all run out of time. Uh, so I think everybody's experience there is going to be a little bit different, but um, that's because it's adaptive, like I said, and um, it's going to just kind of move with you um, along in the course. Um, and this, I mean, in the exam rather, this exam I don't think you really had any need for sort of like paper and pencil. Um, I have taken other like project management exams and stuff like that where you, you know, can sign it, sort of sketch things out if you need to sort them out. But this one wasn't that complex. Um, and yeah, um, you know, it's it's a little bit, it this, like I said, this one took a while to get my results. It was like, they said it would be, I originally understood it to be eight weeks from the date that I tested, but that was incorrect. In this case, because it was a pilot, it was eight weeks from the end of the pilot. And then they kind of ex kept extending how long the pilot was going to go for. So that's why it took like literally months to find out if I passed this. But I think now that the pilot is over, it would just be like up to eight weeks um, from the time you take the exam, I believe. Maybe not quite that long. In fact, I believe once they have it completely, you know, official, they might even get give you your results right then when you take the test. So I could, I speak under, I might speak under correction there. Um, so you could get your results right away, which is nice because you're so kind of stressed out over the test and then you can find out one way or the other, whether you need to take it again. And I think usually the fee for taking the exam includes one retest um, typically. So you can check that out, but that's, you know, kind of good to know that, hey, if I 
bomb the test or whatever, you know, or I don't quite pass, um, you know, I'll have a chance to take it again. Um, so that's um, kind of keeps you motivated. So, um, and I also recommend, you know, don't put your test off. If you do take the course or study up or do a boot camp or anything like that, um, you know, make set the date when you want to take the test so that you'll keep uh, reviewing the, the information, reviewing your notes, and you don't sort of like forget everything by the time you take the test. Yeah. So. Incredible advice here. <laughs> and I, it, it, I, it's really good to think about how, you know, the one, the, the retake that's important, um, to be able, uh, to know that, yeah, we were just talking about not being afraid to fail yeah. and things like that. And, um, I think that this is a good entry level, uh, again, uh, certification that people can get engaged with the course, other resources, like you said, really help also getting into that kind of testing mindset. You have to plan and, you know, make sure that you're studying and setting your goals so many times, uh, for a certain amount uh, of time each day or however you plan it, that self-paced learning and preparation. And, yeah, being a part of that pilot <laughs> sounds, you know, there, there was a waiting game a bit, uh, but, you know, rewarding in the end to be, to experience it. And then um, think about how it's so different, that adaptive testing from, you know, the traditional standardized testing. When mm-hmm. I've been using it, you get a certain number uh, of questions and, you know, you're filling in the bubbles. This is, you know, a, a different type of experience. Yeah. Um, so... Are there any kind of final thoughts or advice that you have for our listeners? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I'm just, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. It's so great to be here. And I remember the first time I got to be on the Cyberry podcast um, here at Cyberry, which has been fun. Um, you know, we have a fun culture here. And um, I think that I would just say, you know, my biggest advice is to be brave and to be curious and to open up, you know, the possibilities for yourself. Don't be afraid to fail um, and know that there's a community out there that, you know, genuinely people who are in cybersecurity um, typically want to help each other out. And uh, people will tell you what they did and how they got where they are. And they'll they'll be happy to talk about it usually. You know, it's kind of like, again, it reminds me of triathlon. Um, if you found other people who were triathletes that you couldn't shut them up, they just wanted to tell you all about, you know, oh, I went out for a bike ride and I got a flat tire and this is what I did and, you know, whatever. And so I think in cybersecurity, it's similar where people want to um, tell you, hey, you know, this is how I, the mistakes I made, don't do what I did, go do this other thing or whatever, you know? So I think that's really great. And um, I think everybody should see themselves in cyber and, and to some degree, because we are all out there using computers and devices all the time. Um, so whether we like it or not, it's a cybersecurity world out there. Um, and, you know, it doesn't hurt you at all to learn more about it, even if you don't become, you know, sort of a red team or a blue team or anything like that. But you, you know, just need to apply good cybersecurity every day in your life. So yeah, lovely advice for the audience. Uh, I mean, the examples you provide throughout the course uh, and in this podcast, I think they're, you know, a wonderful way for people to get engaged. We're ending on such a positive note. And I want to thank all of our listeners uh, on all different platforms, YouTube, Apple, and Spotify, Sounder, all the great platforms. Appreciate you uh, for listening and watching the Cyberate podcast. Thank you so much, Jen, for joining us. I hope everyone 
you know, enjoys uh, taking a look at your course and uh, learning a lot about um, cybersecurity concepts. It's a great one. So thanks for your you. time. Bye, everybody. Cybrary, the premier cybersecurity skill development platform, is empowering individuals and teams to secure the future of technology. See why 3 million people have already signed up when you visit www.cybrary.it.